Hi, I'm Dave McKeown. I am the host of the Church Explained podcast. And today we're so excited. We've got a, an amazing guest with us, a guy by the name of Mako Fujimura. And he is an artist, a creator, and an author. I think there's something very powerful in this idea of, of slowing down. And I suppose experiencing things, not just from an auditory point of view, like lots of churches focus around this idea of what's said, but I wonder if there's something more to faith and growth about actually experiencing life together. And and as you say, maybe using our senses uh, within the church, you know, and not not just think we have to go down one line uh, and do things in a certain way, but maybe we would experience even faith in God more if if we were be able to explore some of those big ideas uh, w- w- even within the church. Because I think sometimes it can be very a narrow way of experiencing faith, but there's so much more of connecting together, isn't there, uh, when we meet together. Rather than just, as you say, being on Zoom, it's good as it is, uh, yes. but, but we, need, we need the human contact. Uh, we need contact with our surroundings as well, don't we? Yes, um, and, I, I th- and you know, the, we're grateful for technology we to are, be able to are. do this. Absolutely, um, and no question about that. But I, I just came back. Uh, my bride runs a, a mercy organization in India, and uh, we were miraculously able to go. Uh, she hasn't been able to go in two years. So, um, but what happened there is in the mid- middle of brothels, uh, red light district in India we were able to uh, establish a children's center uh, for children of um, living in the brothels. So there are children trapped in that cycle, violent cycle. And yet when we began this, um, this began a while back, but was expanded during COVID because they had nothing else to do but build, <laughs> you know, to, to renew the building. So they, they worked, used that time um, and we were able to give them funding so they can, they can build this beautiful school in the midst of this total darkness. And, and uh, children there, there's 70 children that come every day from the brothel. They have to go back to the darkness, but they come every day. And what I noticed that was really surprising to me was that even though these children were only perhaps in in the school for six months, they had a higher attentiveness than American children, you know, let's say kindergarten in Princeton. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How is that possible? Well, it's, it's possible because these kids are just running around during the day, you know, they, they have to use their senses to survive, mm-hmm. right? And of course, there's trauma there. So we have to deal with that. But despite that, these children have this awareness and presence and joy. Uh, they're absolutely beautiful children. They, they you know, and it, 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 it just amazes me how in the Western industrialized realities, we don't fully understand um, the, both the reality of hu- hu- human power to create in the midst of 
you know, uh, I mean, this is brothel and ne right next to it is a garbage dump. So it smells awful. And, and yeah, these children have the ability to make you, you ask them to draw and it's full of colors, right? Because Indian culture is full of colors. So they understand color and, you know, they, they're naturally drawn to beauty. And, and to be able to create beauty, whether it be through crayon or, you know, a sari that they're wearing, is, is just something that they, they, you know, they cultivate, right, in the midst of nothing. And, and here we are, you know, all of us were uh, from America wearing gray T-shirts, you know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and so, so those, those are some of the things that I think we see in the world that, you know, when, when Jesus talks about the kingdom being upside down and, 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 you know, blessed are the poor, this is what it means. We need to go to places that we think we will be totally, you know, uncomfortable. And we will find that those people will make us comfortable because mm -hmm. they're all about hospitality. They, you know, we will go and say, well, this place doesn't have beauty. We go and find out that these people can give us more beauty than what I thought was possible. So that's, that's what Jesus means. And, and when, when the church is awakened to that reality, whether it be in you know, India or in Bronx or in, in you know, London or Scotland, that, you know, Belfast would be a great place <laughs> to find that a discrepancy, upside down kingdom. You know, the, then, then we realize, you know, the, the way we educate and the way we worship has disconnected ourselves from the very places where spirit is at work, right? And and so that, that's that, that's not by intent, but that that is what the the Zoom reality has done to us, technology, and and also our communities. You know um, how 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 the society is set up. You know we have our own our own caste system in America <laughs> that we don't talk about. So so these are barriers that all, all of us can see and then break through with the gospel if we are trying to make something new into the world. And that's that mercy, you know, is the entry point into beauty. Mm, yeah, that, that's wonderful. And, and it would be good just, um, we'll get the info from you about that, that charity as well, and we'll put it in the show notes and people can maybe explore that. Yeah, we'd be happy to do that, and then people are going to have a look and uh, find out more about that. Yeah, one of the things I was really taken back by was this idea of um, that when God creates things, he doesn't create them just in the sense, like you talk in the book, this idea of the industrial idea of using things. It's all to produce for use, but actually God creates First is just because he wants to enjoy. And I think there's something powerful in that, isn't there? That, that actually, what can we create just to enjoy? And that is the why. The why is to enjoy it rather than it has to do something else. And, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I start the book uh, with a concept, a uh, theological concept of aseity of God, which, yeah. which is not talked about much, uh, A-S-E-I-T-Y. Aseity is basically the idea that God does not need us <laughs> or the creation. Uh, and, and so why God is all sufficient. So why did God create? Uh, it's because God is love. 
love exudes beyond what is necessary. Uh, when you are taking someone on a date, you don't do accounting. You, know? <laughs> you don't do plumbing, unless you're plumbers. <laughs> you, you take you do something extravagant, you do something gratuitous, you do something that um, it's not useful. Yeah. And that points to the love that you want to convey to your partner that this is something that is new. You know, I, I, am, I want to go on a journey with you that is not just about survival, but abundance and beauty and complexity perhaps, right? So, so when we realize what love is, we realize that if God is love and God is beauty, then what we have pronounced as necessary conditions or checklists of things to be able to be pleased by God, God doesn't, that's not what God is interested in. There are things that are important you know, for ordinance and ethics and morality, and yes, yes, yes. But those things flow out of a heart of love. And so, you know, artists are always aware of this discrepancy, you know, and, and we realize like, well, first of all, artists are not needed in that sense, but they're the first ones that dictators like Putin wants to shut down, right? Why? Because we speak of a world in which abundance is real. We can point to the world where beauty matters, right? Not, not your power, but beauty of individual souls matter. And that's what writers do underground and in jails. And their words are more powerful and more enduring than what a dictator can do. And, and so that proves that in, in, in the midst of darkness in the midst of conflict and war zones, there are people who are able to produce things that last longer than anything, any power of, of that time. So T.S. Eliot writing after the Blitz and yeah. writing words, incandescent word that, that still to this day is one of the best ways to understand our time. Right. So, so those, those are things that, you know, the points to gratuity. Um, as well, because when you are traumatized, the, you know, the last thing you think about is creating beauty. But psychiatrists tell us when you create beauty of anything, our neurons literally reconnect. They start to rejuvenate. And so for TSA, writing four quartets was not just so because he was a poet, but it was because it was absolutely necessary for him to find sanity again. And, and so for us today, you know, for, uh, we, first of all, there are artists doing that today, and we need to find them and, and you know, bring, bring them in to speak to us, show us what they're seeing. Um, but, you know, the church itself is God's artwork, right? The church is the bride of Christ. It is beautiful to God. And we have to start looking at the church that way, too. Then, and not just for utilitarian purpose, but, but for the gratuitous beauty that the church can be in the midst of darkness. And that's, that's precisely what is happening today in Ukraine. Hi, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. We just want to take a moment and pause and let you know about something exciting we have on offer right here from Icon Open. We help leaders find solutions through our coaching and team training. 
and we've worked with all types of churches in different countries around the world, from large churches to small churches, and of course anything in between. And leaders come to us for a variety of reasons. For some, they simply want to get to the next level in their leadership. They want a coach to work with them for a period of time so they can get new momentum or fresh ideas or fresh insights for the next part of their journey. Other leaders will come to us. Maybe they're working through some opportunities or challenges in their church. And just maybe to have someone to think with them and help them process through big ideas like staffing or teams or transitions really does seem to make a difference to them. So if you've never had a coach and you're a senior leader or a leader within a church, we want to encourage you to get in touch with us because we think we can really help you find the solutions you need for the next part of your journey. Have a look at icon.church forward slash coaching and you'll find all the details there of how to connect with us and we look forward to hearing from you very, very soon. Yeah, yeah. And I think that those picking up some of those themes are that sense of abundance and, and God creates out of love to enjoy. And, and I guess, I, I suppose my encouragement would be for those listening today would be, how can we do the same? How can we have a mindset where we're thinking of creating out of abundance rather than scarcity? Because we often think there's not enough. Uh, or, or uh, you know, I can't create or I can't do something. Well, actually, we, we can do much more than what we, what we realize. And I suppose just to try and encourage people and our listeners to think, how extravagant can I be with my life? How extravagant can I be, you know, with within my church rather than we've done our bit, we've ticked the box, as you've said, but come on, we, we can do much more. We can be much more extravagant as people and, and do something just, to enjoy rather than it has an ulterior motive behind it. I think there's something in that. I, I love that idea, um, Marco, where you talk about the idea in, in the book of James and one or two other places about uh, being doers of the word. And I know you you have a, a great um, insight into that. I wonder if you could just share <laughs> around you. that. It so, sort of links in. You know, I found out uh, through just by looking up how many times the Bible uses uh, poietas related words, and and that's a Greek word um, when uh, Paul writes, "You are God's, um, the, you know, uh, workmanship." Uh, that word is poiema, and um, so workmanship is a rather industrial word. Uh, it really means you are God's poem, you are God's masterpiece poem. Um, which kind of is it, it captures workmanship. Yes, we are made, but it does says more than that. When James says, Yes, you become a doer of the word, and I've heard that passage preached so many times as you know, become an activist, become you know, unless you are showing up in the world with your faith, you know, it's nothing, which is not wrong, but the word there is poietis. It literally becomes, you know, the, you are to become um, a doer means to become a poet of the word. Yeah. What does a poet do? Well, poet pays attention to the word itself and the surrounding reality. You know, Emily Dickinson looked outside of her Amherst windows every day and imagined this whole universe uh, with her words. They craft things that normatively you don't even think to craft. You create new words and new combinations, uh, new sounds, new rhythms. And 
that's what we're supposed to be as a church. To become a doer of the word means collectively we are to become poets of the word that we, when we sing, the world says, oh my goodness, what is that sound? You know, where is that sound coming from? Mm. I want to join that. And that's, you know, oftentimes in bleakness, in concentration camps, and in Ukraine today, the sound of violin sounds so much more powerful. Mm. It can be drowned out in, you know, Times Square, but not, not in the areas of devastation in Sarajevo and other places. So, so this, is, this is the kind of image that the church is supposed to become in the world. Mm. And so, you know, in order to do that, right, we have to understand, first of all, what does a poet, a poet do? <laughs> you know, how does he or she function? Where, where is the music coming from? All those things artists are good at telling us about, but oftentimes artists are exiled from society, exiled from the church. So there's often, if they're in the church, they're going to be sitting in the back wearing black. <laughs> they leave right away after you know worship because they don't want to be seen or you know they don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, I'm I'm an elder and I'm like that. So <laughs> you know you know I can, I feel for those artists, but but you know we need to go to them and go to their studios. If if you're not an artist and if you want to find what it means to you know be able to uh, be a child of God dancing in, uh, you know, in the creation toward new creation, well, go meet a dancer, <laughs> you know, a modern dancer struggling with her injury in the backstage weeping, right? And, and when she appears on stage, you don't know that. But when you get to know that person, you learn that the body is sacred. That person may be an atheist, but it doesn't matter because that person can tell you how much it means to be able to make that jump. And when you do, uh, when you, you succumb all of that, you had to go through training, injuries, and everything, you know, what happens to your heart? You, well, you're weeping because you cannot understand that transcendence you just experienced within your body. Your soul is crying out for a paradigm where that experience can be matched with what you are feeling. And we have the gospel. We have this extravagant message of the gospel to impart to them. I saw that leap. You are magnificent. I know where it's com coming from. And I want to share that with you when you're ready. You, we have to have that kind of approach to culture. You know, not fearing culture because it's, you know, it's transgressive. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's transgressive because the industrial reality has dehumanized us, mm -hmm. right? So maybe they're speaking the truth when they cry out in, in, in their arts. You know, when the Avangal Theater, you know, around the corner is, is doing something that we, we think is like so strange. Mm -hmm. But isn't life strange? Yeah. You know, and, and if you talk to them you, and ask them, tell me more, you know, rather than judging them, tell me more. I'm curious. I want to know more. Then the whole world opens up to us. And, and we, I, I assure you, we'll, we will be uh, dancing with them at the end because that's what happens to many people who, you know, who kind of 
go through this process of what I call cultural care rather than cultural wars. And, and then finding that the very thing they're very afraid of, the very thing that they're fighting against tends to be something that God has ordained to so that we have the opportunity to venture out out of our tribal zones into a, a very complex but beautiful world. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Mac, if I could ask you then for you, obviously there's probably lots of people who have inspired you over the years um, it, it, with, within your role as an artist and some of the things you've done, some of the installations. Uh, who who would be your? I mean, obviously outside of Jesus, I mean that would be the obvious one. But who who would be your greatest inspiration and why? Yeah, I can name a few. Uh, definitely my my wife Hejin, who has um, been. Uh, she's an attorney who has such a passion and vision to bring mercy into the darkest places of the world, and and I just love um, learning from her. Um, and, and have access to some of these places. Uh, a mentor of mine just passed away uh, two days ago. Uh, his name is Jay Kyle, and uh, he was part of Redeemer uh, uh, Network, Tim Keller's network of city to city. Um, uh, he was a gentle giant, uh, church planter, missionary. Um, and every time we get together, you know, he would always... He always wanted to learn about the arts. Exactly what I just said, that scenario of going to the backstage, he would do with me. And 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 it was the backstage of perhaps uh, a studio in Japan. It could be a backstage in Hong Kong or Taipei. He was a career missionary. and um, But he would just show up or call me and say, Marco, I, I sense that you need to be doing this <laughs> tomorrow, fly to Taipei and meet with those people. It was just like New Testament, you know, <laughs> and, and I would go and a whole world opens up. Of course, he, he had this enormous network in the world where he saw the gospel at work and artists are very useful in, in you know, human beings because they, 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 we can enter any place. So where missionaries can't go, we can go. So he would often send me to places, and I got to experience uh, both the darkness and, and the glorious realities. Um, so I'm going to miss him. And uh, he, um, he uh, you know, without being an artist, he, he's probably the closest to the, the great artist that um, I have come to know. His art was people. His art was um, planting churches. And and it, it was it was absolutely beautiful. Well, it's, it's good to have so so close friends, and of course, we're sorry for your loss there as well, um, because people like that are so dear to us, aren't they? Uh, as we go through life, yeah. I wonder if I could just ask you one final question before we wrap up today. It's been so good to have you with us on the show, and I was just wondering if there's anything else, another big idea that you would like to maybe share with our listeners that we haven't covered yet, or maybe something you're thinking about. Uh, maybe it wasn't even in the book, but just something you want to leave with our listeners as they journey, as they seek to grow in their leadership and build churches, and I suppose be the artists that they are in their settings. Academy Kintsugi um, is something that was relaunched with, with my wife, Ejen, and uh, we have been calling our trip uh, to many places uh, in India, 
uh, DR, uh, Dominican Republic, coming up. Uh, we are calling it Kintsugi Peace Making. Um, and then we are invited to UK Parliament um, in November. Uh, so pray for us there um, that we can be part of amending to not not fixing, but mending to make new uh, something out of the fractures that we're experiencing in society and, and politics and worldwide events. Um, I, I really believe that when we practice Kintsugi, that um, uh, we find healing. Uh, and and we start to reconnect the dots that trauma has severed. And by doing so, we also find community to journey with post-pandemic, right, in, into a world that of, of, of um, mystery and unknowns uh, that we can't control. Um, and yet, um, you know, God is there to meet us. Uh, Jesus is the ultimate Kintsugi master. Uh, pouring gold into the fractures that, that we we have, uh, the brokenness that we, we own. And uh, so um, Academy Kintsugi uh, journey continues. And um, uh, actually, Theology of Making book has a reader's guide with Academy Kintsugi component attached with uh, several of the documentary films that we have been filming um, to showcase some of the you know the realities of kintsugi uh, uh travels uh and so forth so uh that's downloadable for free at uh, yale site so i'll definitely send you a link to that so yes certainly if you, you send us that link we'll add it to the site and uh that will really help anybody who's really interested in the principle and i suppose using it within their own setting or even within their church could be within a small group or leadership uh, and, and even within the community, I think there's lots there that we can apply this principle to, isn't there? Right, right throughout the life of the church. Well, Michael, it has been such a pleasure to have you with us today on the Church Explained podcast. I want to thank you for joining me. Um, if people want to find out more details about you, where would they need to go? Just look up my name. Uh, my website will come up and uh, all the linkage to Cultural Care Creative, uh, International Arts Movement, they're all there. So, Fantastic. So again, we'll put that in the show notes and uh, people will be able to find that. And uh, that has been fantastic. So a big thank you for being with us. And uh, that is a wrap for us today. <laughs>